the fuck is up, world? Piali, plastic back. We're back. Another grito. This time, uh, again, I don't really know how long it's been since my last podcast, probably like a week or so. Uh, I had for myself the goal of getting to three of these before my winter break came to an end. And well, I believe this is the third one that I've managed to be able to get out this month, which for me is actually quite the accomplishment, right? So I'm thankful for that. Of course, not as thankful as I am for you to have killed, uh, to have continued to still be listening. We're 31 gritos in. I still can't believe it. I'm almost running up on the year long mark. That shit is crazy to me, dog. Uh, how fast time flies, right? Sometimes I like to think to myself, shit, I wish I could just travel at the speed of light so time could slow down and I could come back in like, you know, a hundred years and see where the fuck the world is at in that hundred year time here on planet Earth with me only having aged like a day or so just so I could still be like in this particular space that I'm in now and not, you know, where I, I would be if I'm even around still at 133 years old, you know what I'm saying? And just to see how far along everything has come or perhaps how far back everything has gone just to see what the world is like, right? But unfortunately, time doesn't seem to be working that way. So we continue along our inevitable march into the entropy that is the absolute void of nothingness in, you know, uh, uh, in entropy and all that kind of shit, right? kind of stumbled upon my words there. I apologize for that. But the basic point here being is that the wheels are returning and we can't slow down. You can't, you know, the lightning don't get you. The thunder will. Wow. I am stumbling all over these words right now. Let me try that again. The wheel is a turning and we can't sit still. If the thunder don't get you, then the lightning will. Right. A little bit of Grateful Dead there. Uh, anyways, <laughs> that's all just a very awkward, long, clumsy introduction into our new podcast for today. It's a topic that I'm very much looking forward to discussing. Uh, and even more so, it's a podcast that I'm looking forward to engaging in because, well, uh, during this time off that I've had, I've actually managed to sit back and reflect a lot about what it is that this podcast is and what I want it to be coming up on the year long mark. And the fact that I'm still kind of navigating my ways through it and trying to figure it out is a testament, not just to how difficult this podcast game is. So for those people who have managed to launch successful ones, my hat's off to you. But more importantly, of what it is that I wanted from this in the first place, right? Uh, one of the, if you keep, if you notice me looking over this way, it's because uh, I actually prepared a lot of material for today's podcast. Uh, I don't want to give you the impression that uh, in the previous podcasts I didn't. But one thing that I did notice is that some of my more favorite podcasts that I listen to, um, a lot of them have very structured formats. And I kind of felt as though mine, it was structured in a sense, but there was a lot of points that I would miss out on that I would look, I would listen back to the podcast and be like, fuck, I should have talked about this. I should have talked about that. I should have said this here, you know, all more information that I felt could have helped, you know, further solidify the points that I was trying to make in previous podcasts. So with that in mind, I actually took time to prepare for today's podcast. So for those of you who are watching me on the YouTubes and you notice me keep doing this where I look this way, it's because I actually have my laptop open just to ensure that I do in fact hit all the points that I was hoping to talk about today. Right. And that leads into a little bit of the thought that I've had about this podcast. One of the things that I said from the very beginning, admittedly in a very vague manner, is that I intended for this to be a philosophy podcast. And I know perhaps there's been times where you, if you're listening to this consistently, have questions to yourself like, yo, what the fuck does this have anything to do with philosophy? And if it makes you feel any better, if it washes any of your concerns, uh, it should be that I definitely have felt the same occasionally myself. And then that's where you get along to a little bit of the idea where, okay, it's a philosophy podcast, but it's a grito. It's thoughts. It's the thoughts that I personally have, right? And, you know, it's the thoughts that as I continue to work through them, I realize a little bit more and more what these thoughts are. And I hope simply to 
be able to interlace those thoughts with philosophy that has been, you know, discussed and established long before I was ever even born, right? That was kind of the intention that I had setting out from this podcast, right? But now that I began to think about it even more, I'm starting to realize that more of what this philosophy podcast is, is again, the actual exercise of a philosopher. Now, <laughs> this actually made me laugh, me personally. And before I even continue, let me just qualify this because, you know, I've actually, like I mentioned before in previous podcasts, I've had people hit me up and say, yo, I found you because of the podcast. So for those of you who are potentially listening or finding me through the podcast apps, the various podcast apps that you can listen through this, feel free to give your boy a follow on social media, particularly Instagram, OG underscore Ice Nice 13. I'd be much obliged. I appreciate that shit, right? Um, so yeah, with that in mind, it was actually kind of making me laugh because when 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 I was when I was you know reflecting on this podcast game, I started asking myself, okay, well, what exactly is a philosophy podcast? And before I could answer what a philosophy podcast is, I had to answer an even more pressing question, and that is, what the fuck exactly is a philosopher? Right now, this is a very for me at least a very important question because it's one of the things that I like to ask, not even ask my students, but I like to remind my students of every single chance that I get. Part of the reason being because most of the students that take my classes, they're non-philosophy majors. Most of them are being forced to be in my philosophy class because of the core curriculum. You know what I'm saying? And because of that, I often find a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, a little bit of beef, if you will, between students and not myself per se. It's not a beef in, in the sense that it's like anger towards one another, but hostility. It's a little bit of a hostility. Because I have students who understandably are unhappy with the fact that they're being forced to take classes that don't help in, in, in any way, shape, or at least that they don't believe would help in their career of choice, right? To which I like to casually and constantly remind them that irrespective of what degree it is that these people are following, my students are following, philosophy is undoubtedly the core. It's the, the quote-unquote queen of the sciences, as I mentioned before in previous podcasts, right? So there's no question that whatever you know we're learning in this philosophy class is something that's going to apply to your other classes. It's just simply going to be the philosophy of physics, the philosophy of biology, et cetera, and so on and so forth, right? So... Uh, this question about what exactly a philosopher is, it gets a little bit complicated because we realize, well, technically, gen generally speaking, anybody can be a philosopher, right? As long as you are, you know, uh, I, me personally, my criterion for allowing people, if you will, into our little gated community of philosophers is simple. Are you asking questions? Well, are you an inquisitive person who wants to know more about the nature of reality? Do you question everything you've ever been told and desire an answer because you're unsatisfied or a different answer, I should say, because you're unsatisfied with the answers you've been given thus far? Because if the answer is yes to even just one of those, in my eyes, at least you're a fucking philosopher, man. Right. So uh, when I was reflecting back on this question, I started asking myself, OK, but clearly there is a distinction between just an average person like myself who sits back and asks questions and actual philosophers, right? The distinction between philosophy and philosophizing, right? Most people can philosophize. It's the exact action, it's the exact process that I just explained to you. But does that make them actual philosophers in, the, in, in, in this traditional sense, right? To which I realize the answer is no. And honestly, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Right, and this is where I kind of used to uh, uh, working our way to more towards the, uh, the the definition of this podcast. It's actually probably a really good thing, and the reason I say that is because, despite the, I don't want to say the the uh, it's the preponderance, if you will, of a lot of current you know mainstream philosophers, uh, a la Jordan Peterson, 
and um uh there's another what was that guy's name uh sam sam something right i can't recall off the top of my head but uh it's no disrespect to him it's just my mind's completely uh drawing a blank at the moment about what his name is uh he's a neuroscientist anyways the point is uh these are very famous philosophers they both had a debate on the nature of truth right anyways um I'm going to go out on a tangent, not a tangent, I should say, but I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they're not really indicative of what actual philosophers are. And the reason is because, well, irrespective of what your particular beliefs are towards these given individuals, they're, you know, for better or for worse, very likable. It's why they managed to ascend to high levels of prominence. That's why so many people find themselves drawn to them. I'll speak specifically here of Jordan Peterson. Hopefully the Sam character's name will come back to mind. The fact that I completely blank on it is, is I can't, I can't imagine why. But anyways, the point is obviously Jordan Peterson, I, I, I myself personally can op have openly stated that I'm not a fan of his, but I can understand his appeal to others. He's a very likable person, a very likable personality, right? Um, and it's because of that, that I don't necessarily believe that he's, well, for many other reasons for sure, but that's one reason why I don't necessarily believe he's very indicative of philosophers in general. And the reason is, is because philosophers in general were not very likable people. And I don't say that, I don't mean that to be an offense. I really don't, right? I'm not even trying to knock myself personally, honestly. I, it's, just, it's just a simple truth. If you look back historically on the history of philosophy, you will see that philosophy is riddled with people who were just vehemently, vehemently ostracized and criticized and ridiculed uh, from their given communities at any given moment. And the reason is because we as philosophers, we have very, I guess, uh, depending on what stance you take, I'll just outright say, state annoying, right? For lack of a better word. Uh, but we're, we're pretty annoying, man. We fucking question everything. There's just, there's never any, we just can't let shit be, right? Uh, some philosophers can, certainly, especially if it falls into the domain of their own, you know, given set of beliefs. But most of us, we just are always questioning shit. Like, yo, sometimes, uh, to quote Sigmund Freud, a cigar really is just a cigar. But really, what is a cigar? Why does the letter C indicate the letters, uh, the, the sound rather? Why does it make the sound S? when it's next to an E and an I, but when it's not, it makes the K sound. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is the essence of, of, of tobacco? Why do we wrap it in this? And in, 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 why do we take individual pieces of tobacco and wrap it in a larger tobacco leaf and make a cigar out of it? Like just annoying questions, the molecules of the tobacco. If we were to replace them by just one, would it still be a tobacco molecule? Would it still be a cigar? A lot of questions, a lot of annoying questions that most people are just like, dude, who the fuck cares? It's a cigar. We call it in philosophy, the ostrich nominalist approach. Fucking leave it be as it is, right? And because of that, uh, I finally started to come to the realization that that's kind of what this podcast is. It's me working through all the various different ideas that I encounter throughout a weekly. I'm going to try to do them now weekly. I know I keep saying it, but hopefully weekly basis. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I encounter these instances and I just, a, a fucking litany of questions that for many people are very fucking annoying, not just because of the actual act of questioning, but as we're going to see here today with the actual podcast itself, the actual uh, gist of the podcast itself with some of the things that we question, man. Now, before I continue, I'm going to go off and I'm going to go ahead and state that this podcast was inspired by a recent post that I put on Instagram. It, uh, the post itself, for those of you who follow along, remember it probably, was stop fetishizing serial killers. And on this post, it was a meme that had pictures of various United States presidents, Winston Churchill, and of course, the man of the hour, Chris Kyle. Okay. 
Now, this this is why, more importantly, aside from the question asking, that philosophers are very highly unlikable people. Going back to the history of philosophy, if, I mean, I hate to, you know, I don't have to use this one example, but it's why they fucking killed Socrates, man, for questioning the idols of the ancient Athenians, right? You and when I when I speaking of idols here, when I'm speaking of idols here, I'm not just speaking of God in you know the absolute abstract metaphysical sense. I'm not speaking of gods in the the pluralistic sense. I'm speaking of gods in terms of the ideas that people have, right? And for better or for worse, this Chris Kyle character has been elevated to the level of godlike idol status here in the United States of America. And it's from this interaction that I had with the people who took an umbrage with the fact that I referred to him as a serial killer that I started to realize, oh, okay, well, now I'm, I, I kind of understand what the purpose of this philosophy is, It literally of this podcast is. It literally is a grito just to share some of the thoughts that I had and, you know, a little bit of and informing with some philosophy, no doubt. But as to why I posted it, you know, uh, uh, some of the thoughts that I had that, that, you know, justify my position and so on and so forth, and as, as well as a further amalgamation of other thoughts that I had throughout the week. So going back as to why, if you do by chance happen to see me, continue to look this way. And if there is some extended moments of radio silence, or perhaps if at any moment throughout the next however long it's going to take for me to get through this podcast, that you notice it's a little bit clunky, you know, again, I qualify it by simply stating because I actually took the time to write down some of the thoughts, at least not all of them, but some of them. Okay. So I guess the first thing that I should say is that I didn't post the Christopher Kyle thing to be facetious. And what I mean by that is I don't post shit just to troll all the time. I post shit to troll some of the times. I'm not going to front, okay? I think trolling is pretty fucking funny sometimes, especially when it's done in an expertly, you know, in an expert way. But as far as this Christopher Kyle one, this Chris Kyle one, I didn't post that one to be facetious, man. Like straight up, that's how I feel. And I know it might come across rude for those of you who valor Chris Kyle and what he represents. But I think, okay, I don't think, man, I fucking know. First and foremost, what Chris Kyle represents to you does not represent the same to me. Okay. The United States government in general, but especially the United States army doesn't represent this fucking bastion of freedom and this fighting force for good. Okay. When I think of the United States government, I think of genocide and destruction, both of my ancestors here on Turtle Island and peoples all around the world. When I think of the United States army, I think of the people who carry out these very actions. So as my right as an American citizen, I respectfully disagree with what it stands for. Okay. I have nothing per se against individual peoples of the military. I, in fact, dude, I was in the military myself. Like what the fuck? I have family that's in and was in the military. I have friends that was in and of the military right now. I know that sounds like some cheap cop out fucking excuse that I'm not a racist, but type shit, but it's really not like it. It, it is what it is, man. It's an unfortunate element of existence. Okay. War, it seems, is an unfortunate element of existence. Human beings are conflict-ridden creatures. We are just naturally prone to conflict, right? And that, that more importantly, is where my umbrage with, you know, idolization of these militaristic characters comes into play. Because despite the fact that I can openly admit and understand the conflict-ridden nature of human beings, it doesn't mean that I'm a fan of it. Like, I don't like it. I wish it weren't as it was. You know what I'm saying? And in fact, I know it sounds very hippy dippy and fucking idealist, but I don't necessarily think that it has to always be that way. Right? I'm not saying right now, but in 10,000 years, 15,000 years, 
I mean, nothing honestly makes me more depressed than thinking not only the possibility that, you know, in 10,000 years, we're still going to be in the same position that we are today, assuming human beings are still even around in that amount of time, but that in the last however many, uh, you know, tens, hundreds of thousands, even perhaps uh, of years that humans have been around, that we realistically haven't progressed much further than where we are now. Our society has progressed. I mean, I should say our technology has progressed, no doubt. That's why I'm able to bring you this little talky thing that some person commented on the <laughs> Chris Kyle post. That's what she alluded to as this talky thing called a podcast, right? Um, it's why you're able to listen to the podcast via whatever technological device that you have. So there's no question that the technology is advanced, man. But we as people, we're basically the same as you know the, the, the first human beings to walk this earth. The only difference being that we fucking have iPhones, right? We're the same in terms of our, our actions, the way that we engage with one another. And honestly, I, I, I'm not a fan of that. And I do believe that it can be overcome. And if we're going to situate, you know, the, the progressiveness that I do have within me, because undoubtedly there's plenty of it, right? There's a little bit of conservatism as well, which I think has been a pleasant surprise to many people, but there's no doubt mostly progressivism. And if we're going to situate this, my progressivism, it should be right there just so that it doesn't get conflated with, you know, that fucking lefty liberal nonsense that has infiltrated academia. My progressivism is rooted in just an outright desire for better, like just better for human beings in general, irrespective of ethnicity, gender, all that kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that desire to want better for humans as a whole comes at the expense of stating ideas that aren't necessarily very fucking popular, man. Like the Chris Kyle thing. I'm sorry, but I don't see the difference between Chris Kyle for sure, uh, for sure documented at least 150 kills by the United States government and Ted Bundy. Like, there's no difference to me, bro. Ted Bundy's a fucking scoundrel. M you know, people who are serial killers are fucking scoundrels. The only difference here between the two is that one was wearing the military uniform of the United States government and the other one wasn't, right? But I, I just, I've, I've never been able to see the difference between the wrong and the wrong, man. I mean, I'm not trying to be an absolutist here in the sense that there's only one, it's either, it's either, it's very black or white. Cause I understand it's not black or white. I know that life's not black and white. That's a very narrow, shallow, simplistic lens by which to view reality. Like I get that. Okay. However, I, that doesn't mean that I've ever been able to properly, not properly, cause it's not a lack on my behalf, but I just cannot see the difference between the wrong and the wrong. Murder is murder, bro. I openly have to acknowledge this fact every time I bite into a fucking cheeseburger, every time I step on a fucking roach, every time I fucking, you know, every time I eat a salad, bro, life feeds on life, okay? It's a fact that I have to conscientiously acknowledge. If you would have caught me back in my more militant days of youth, I would have been like, fucking, bro, it's either veganism or die. You know what I'm saying? Anything else is a fucking. It's a disgrace to this planet and it's a disgrace to our humankind and you're just suffering. You're inflicting undue harm and suffering on our innocent animal counterparts. I'm a little bit older than that, right? I'm a little bit older now. I understand that even veganism is without its faults. You know what I'm saying? And that because of that, I can openly understand the fact that, yeah, dude, it's not an absolute thing, right? There's no, dis if you want to be real fucking literal and real technical about it, there really is no difference between fucking eating a sandwich, you know, a, a, a chicken sandwich and fucking murdering a person because it is ultimately the act of murder. 
we can justify it and say things, well, one belongs to the moral community and one doesn't. And because one belongs to the moral community, we extend them ethical consideration. And thus, this ethical consideration is what distinguishes between the eating of a sandwich, a a chicken sandwich, and between the murdering of an individual, to which I say, that's all fucking great because it makes me feel better every time I fucking, you know, eat at uh, Hooters or whatever. But realistically, it's just a sophisticated form of sophistry that is, you know, uh, that is taking advantage of the fact that, you know, you're, you're able to uh, uh, differentiate, distinguish between one form of life and another. And I just, I, I can't, I don't, I don't, I, I've never been able to do so. So, you know, when it comes to this Chris Kyle character, it's like, yeah, dude, I get everything that it is that you think that he stands for America, freedom, justice. But if we boil it down to brass tacks, it's a man who killed 150 other people. Now, of course, the argument can be made that, well, if he didn't kill them, they would have killed them in return. I do. I get that too. It's not a defense. It's not a defense of the people, you know, in, in, you know, in, uh, to use the language of the military of the enemy. Okay. It's not a defense of that, right? It's an acknowledgement that the murder that the, the people, you know, that the armed forces engages in combat with, it's just as fucking vile and disgusting to me as the murder of, you know, uh, of, uh, of them. It's just, it, all of it is, ooh, it's very complicated for me to explain. Okay. But the basic gist is I, it's not about national allegiance. It's not about ethnicity. It's not about, you know, what the fuck you think I'm supposed to believe in because of what patch of dirt I was arbitrarily born on. It's not about that. It's about fucking understanding death and the taking of a life, irrespective of what kind of life that it is for what it is. You know what I'm saying? Uh, And furthermore, when it comes to this Chris Kyle character, I think a, a part that was getting massively overlooked was the bullshit ass lies that he talked about in his book, man. One of them being chief among which the one that really, really not just bothered me, but honestly fucking concerned me, man. When he was talking about how he killed, how he shot at least uh, what he referred to as quote unquote looters during Hurricane Katrina. Like, no, dude, first of all, these are not looters. Okay. Yeah, for sure. There might've been people out there stealing a fucking television from Walmart, but you know what, man? Fucking Walmart steals from the local communities on a daily basis. So fuck them. They could afford it. Secondly, most of them were people who were fucking looking for food to survive, man. Like, again, it's it's hypocritical to say because I do eat some meat, right? However, life is life, bro. And I, I, I don't mind people who are fucking taking food to feed themselves. Like, it's not an issue to me. That is some deep-seated fucking colonial monarchy bullshit you're stealing from the king right robin hood type shit stealing from the rich to give to the poor no bitch i'm trying to fucking feed myself and the king has outlawed the fucking hunting of any of the animals they're not his right they're shared collective property of humans i shouldn't have to starve because some fucking fat cat thinks that it's you know his property and that i'm not entitled to it fuck that dude i'm hungry you know what i'm saying and for chris kyle to defend that very idea that that does belong to the people who fucking the the monarchy and all that kind of shit no dude like i i don't rock with that uh now of course some people will listen to this and be like well it's a fucking society man we live in capitalism that's what it is okay fine you want to told you want to follow that route let's let, let's see how these people built their wealth and resources in the first place and i guarantee you you'll find if you dig deep enough how they inevitably stole it from someone else and they turn around and are selling it now back to us you know what i'm saying that's the central gist of fucking you know anti-capitalist theory bro so uh, when it comes to that, basically what it boils down to is the under is the fear that how racialized such a comment could be, A, 
And B, how openly accepted it could be that we as, you know, not me, but others could look at that and be like, well, yeah, that makes sense. Why are those people looting and why are they stealing? It's a good thing that he shot and killed them. Now, to be fair, it's just one of many of the Chris Kyle's bullshit ass lies that he wrote about in his book. So he didn't really do it. But the fact that he even talked about it, that gives you an insight into the headspace of somebody that, again, honestly, as a fucking brown person, I find terrifying. Because if he's so fucking quick and easy to just kill people because of the color of their skin, yo, I could be one of them. You know what I'm saying? And then this white imagination that pervades the United States of America will look back and be like, oh, well, you know, he's a fucking Mexican guy and they killed him because, you know, he wasn't listening to the laws or he wasn't disrespecting our idols or whatever the case might be. It's a very slippery slope. And I just cannot, in good faith, get behind it. Okay? Now, um, the next problem when I was thinking through this whole Chris Kyle dilemma that came into mind then was not the possibility, I would say the almost certainty that much of my beliefs, all the ones that I just laid out to you here shortly or here uh, previously, they're not all right. I, I can admit that they're not all right. Okay. Not, not all right. As in, no, those are not good to have. No, that's not what I'm saying. They are good to have, but some of them are not all correct. Better parlance. Okay. I understand I'm not perfect, man. It's the responsibility of a philosopher for me to understand that I am capable, clearly, of making many mistakes, including mistakes in thought. And that because of that, it's incumbent upon me to recognize these mistakes in thought and seek to rectify them. And as I was dealing with this Chris Kyle shit, I realized that one of the mistakes in my thought was... I essentially was committing the very same actions, I guess you could say, that I accuse and fucking hate of other people. And that is that they enter into a conversation automatically assuming that their version is correct. The most obvious example I can give of this, of course, being religion. Most religious people are going to enter into a discussion regarding the nature of religion and God's existence, already assuming that their religion is correct and that their God is correct. And that because of that, they're going to try to, con they're going to try to convert you because you are just dumb, you're inferior, and you need to be shown a better way and you need to be enlightened to their glorious knowledge, right? No, that's fucking terrible. That's, what the, that's, that's a, a deficit-based approach to engaging in conversation with other people. And as I was going through this uh, this little Chris Kyle situation on social media, I started to realize that I myself was guilty of perpetuating that very same type of behavior. Now, here's where it gets really tricky because by nature, my job, at least as I've been educated as such, entails that I come into it in such a way that understands that the people that I'm teaching have something of a deficit. In this particular instance, specifically, the deficit of knowledge in philosophy, right? And that it is my job as a philosophy professor to help them level up in a way, if you will, and uh, rid themselves of that deficit in knowledge of philosophy, right? However, when it comes to uh, dealing with issues like this Chris Kyle shit, part of that gets spilled over when you start to realize that, okay, why am I engaging in conversation with these people in such a way that I believe that they are wrong about their views on Chris Kyle and that it in turn is my job to clarify their beliefs? Like, no, dude, that's you being just as guilty of the same shit that you critique other people of. And then what really, really, really started to fuck with me is I started to realize, yo, circling back to about five minutes ago in the podcast, this is essentially the history of humanity in a nutshell. The history of humanity in a nutshell is a bunch of people just fucking bickering back and forth 
uh, you know, over what they believe in and what they don't believe in, and ultimately never being able to elevate themselves to a level to see the, the, the forest for the trees, essentially, if you will, right? And honestly, that kind of terrified me, man, because, well, if you've been following along through this podcast, and if you haven't, allow me to fill you in, one of the biggest issues for me is that of authenticity. I like to imagine myself personally, and I hope I like to you know inspire others perhaps to pursue a life of authentic existence, whatever the fuck that even is or means, okay? But for me personally, I know that authenticity is not going to be had by following and perpetuating the very same patterns of behavior that have led us to this point in human history. So arguing back and forth, like, bro, seriously, what I, I was asking myself, what am I getting from this? Like, what, what, what do I personally stand to gain from engaging in this conversation with these individuals? For one, more importantly, what do these people that I'm conversing with, what do they stand to gain? Because if we're both being honest, none of us are going to change our minds, right? So is this going to be the duration of my life now? Am I just going to be a fucking mindless drone that is out here fighting for what I think that I believe in and waste my entire life trying to fucking convince other people of what I think that is correct for no other reason than because it's my own personal beliefs? This is relativism in its finest, okay? And relativism is inconducive to any sort of progress. And because of that, it completely undermines my initial position that I like to consider myself a person who is for the progress of humankind, right? So as I was going through this Chris Kyle shit, I started realizing like, yo, is it even possible to move beyond this impasse? The impasse here being a relativism, like the idea that you and I disagree or disagree with one another's beliefs. Or are we just going to simply accept the fact that ignorant people exist and they will continue to be what I at least perceive to be a nuisance to the aims of progress? Or, you know, is this all part of the evolutionary process of human beings? Like we hear about evolution, we read about evolution and we're told how difficult the process it is. Is it possible that us going through this banter back and forth, debating, you know, conservative and progressive uh, politics, is that all part of the evolutionary process? And it's going to continue to unfold via this dialectical process until we arrive at a, you know, not, not absolute, but perhaps just slightly clearer understanding of truth. Um, you know, furthermore, uh, is it possible that, you know, certain people maybe shouldn't even be entitled to voice their opinion? Like, I'll get really into the woods here, man, because, you know, for all the bullshit that I talk about, my progressive beliefs, it's a very highly unpopular opinion in progressive circles. The idea that some people shouldn't even have beliefs, right? Like, yes, everybody should be allowed to vote. But I, I was asking myself, like, should they? Like, seriously, yo, straight up, what makes my vote equivalent to somebody who, for instance, has expertise in the field of politics. I've stated it before, like, shit, my expertise is fucking nil when it comes to politics, right? So what the fuck of what I have to say, why should that be of importance, of, of equal importance to that of a fucking social, of a, of a political science professor, for instance, right? And conversely, why should the opinion, the vote of somebody who barely has a fucking, not even maybe even a high school diploma be equivalent to mine? Like obviously in the more educated you become, shouldn't your opinion matter more, right? And then the people that do have the right to vote, what, why, why is it so easy to legitimize these voices through law? Like what the fuck? 
I just, you know, again, it all spirals from here into back to this Chris Kyle idea and the inability to let go of our idols. You know what I'm saying? How it relates to the idols is simpler because we're afraid of having our reality shattered for us. Okay. And that's somewhere in, but in all of this milieu that I just discussed is for many people a grounding of reality. Okay. And. It's when I started to realize that, you know what? Okay, I say that I don't want to be facetious when I post this kind of shit. But it may very well be that for, you know, Chris Kyle, I mean, for many people, I should say, Chris Kyle serves as somewhat of an anchor point for their reality, okay? A fundamental building block to their very nature of being, right? And for someone who talks a lot of shit about sovereignty, I started realizing, like, dude, aren't other people entitled to the same? Like, why are, why are you so fucking gung-ho about, you know, taking other people's idols and replacing them or, uh, you know, discounting them or removing them. Like, is that, is that really what you're going to become? Because if that's the case, then what you were doing is no different from that very thing that you set out to not be. And uh, I mean, again, what I'm trying not to be is that colonial overbearing presence that says my way is correct. If you don't believe me, it's because you're fucking clearly inferior and you need to be taught better. Like, no, dude, that's not what I want for my life. You know what I'm saying? So going back to this podcast, I started to realize like, yo, if this is something that we truly, that I truly seek to avoid, then I got to just, I got to take a time. I got to take a chance. I got to take a time, if I will, I should say to try to elevate beyond this milieu, okay? And when I started thinking about it in this way, I started to realize that much of what many of the philosophers of history have said, it really is pretty fucking spot on, man. This idea is that history in general, irrespective of who writes the narrative, okay? Irrespective of who's writing the historical narrative, history fucking, it it, it, it goes in this fucking this path of different waves. It crests and waves at different points, right? And it all depends on whatever the given spirit, if you will, to use the the fucking the German ideal uh, idealism language, but uh, the spirit essentially, the zeitgeist, if you will, I guess, right? Just because I don't have a better word to explain it, but whatever it is that the culture values it at any given moment and that history is simply acting out through its process and it rises and falls according to different you know, the, the, the zeitgeist of different generations, meaning that what is important to us today is not going to even be important to a fucking generation from now. It wasn't important generation before us, let alone in the fucking future, uh, going back to the previous podcast when the sun explodes. Right. So the goal then is to, for me, at least when I started to realize is to try to, to rise above this milieu as these, as these various philosophies discuss and to try to recognize it for what it is. The, the metaphor that came into my head when I was talking about this was World War Z when, you know, you have this Brad Pitt character who's standing up at the top of the very tall wall and beneath him, you have all these fucking zombies who are, you know, racing to try to get, you know, they're just fighting in constant conflict with one another, right? Now, in this particular case, obviously, the zombies are fighting to try to get to the top of the wall. But realistically, what I realize is that, yo, like, if all I'm doing is being driven by the fucking the, the, the concerns of any given generation at any given moment, how am I not any different from those fucking mindless zombies in these fucking World War Z type movies? I'm not. I'm the same exact thing. And for someone who's fucking staked an entire career thus far talking shit about fucking mindless dolts who have no, you know, thoughts of their own. That's pretty fucking hypocritical of me, right? 
So as I was going through this fucking uh, uh, thinking through his thoughts for this Chris Kyle podcast, I started to realize not the podcast itself dedicated to him, but uh, how it's, you know, uh, inspired by the post about him, not even about him. Like I said, there was other people there. But the point was, is that it's pretty fucking scary to realize that how easy it is to fall into that, that hive drone type of existence. Okay. And, you know, the last thing I want to be is that fucking zombie that is nothing more than a background character in a fucking movie. I like to consider myself in true Joe Rogan-esque fashion as the hero of my own life, if you will, right? And part of that entails that I be strong enough and able to ascend to the top of that wall on my own and being able to fucking get that clearest view for myself of what is possible, right? Here's where the existential element that is so recurrent throughout all my podcast returns because, again, the life of a mindless drone is one that I simply don't consider to be one that's either good or happy, right? And that because of that is something that we should seek to avoid, myself included. You know what I'm saying? So uh, as I'm working through this idea of getting towards the top of a fucking... Uh, of a wall to be able to vantage myself in such a way where I can see at least the current flow of history where it's where it's leading us and you know what has pushed us, if you will, to the particular point that we're at. I started thinking a lot about space because, man, since I was a young kid, probably like you too, I've always been enamored with space. I've always just I've always considered the possibility of existence of life outside of fucking planet Earth. In fact, if I'm being real with you, like real, real honest with you, this infatuation really kicked into high gear when I was in fourth grade. And the reason is because in fourth grade, my teacher at the time, her daughter was teaching English to students in Japan. And one uh, now in retrospect, I know what she was doing like back then, because, you know, I've been trained as a teacher and shit. But back then I had, you know, it was just something so cool. Like, wow, I have a fucking a pen, a pen pal in Japan. Right. I realized now that what they were doing was helping the Japanese students with their English writing and comprehension and shit. You know what I'm saying? But what they would do is she would take letters from us, my teacher, and she would mail them to her daughter in Japan and that her her uh, her daughter would, you know, spread them out to all the different students in her classroom. And those students would, you know, in turn, write us back, not in Japanese, because obviously we weren't learning Japanese. They were learning English. So they would write us back in English. And one of my, because I had multiple ones, right? One of my pen pals was this fucking guy, man. And I wish, I fucking wish I still had the letters. But this dude was convinced, convinced that he had been abducted by aliens. Yo, I was in fourth grade. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that motherfucker was in fourth grade too. Okay, but this motherfucker spoke with such certainty that he had been abducted by aliens that I was just like, whoa, he would draw me pictures of the spaceship that abducted him. He would draw me pictures of the aliens. They were basically grays, right? The fucking big head dudes with the big eyes and shit that had abducted him. He would draw me pictures of him being fucking pulled up into the alien spaceship, like all kinds of crazy shit. And we went on for a whole year writing about the different experiences of him being abducted by aliens. And what made it even funnier is that this was around the time I'm going to date myself here for those of you who have been wondering, trying to place me specifically in the in, in, in historical context. Uh, this was when fucking Independence Day came out, right? So, so Independence Day followed soon after by Men in Black. So suffice to say, aliens were fucking front and center in the collective fucking consciousness of humans at that moment. You know what I'm saying? And those, those fucking letters freaked me the fuck out. They freaked me the fuck out. 
the way he spoke of it, everything in such detail had me convinced that he had been, in fact, abducted by aliens. It got so extreme that I was convinced that I was going to be abducted by aliens and it was only a matter of time. So there I was in fucking fourth grade walking around the world and shit expecting at any fucking moment to be abducted by aliens. Now, of course, in retrospect, one could only fucking hope for something as fucking awesome as being abducted by aliens. You know what I'm saying? But um, the point here being is that ever since then, the, the, the fascination with space has always fucking lingered within my mind, okay? And as I was going through this, the, the thoughts that had emerged from this post on Chris Kyle, right? Um, I started to realize like, yo, real shit, that's where my mindset ultimately is and always has been, okay? And what I mean by that is it's very pretentious perhaps, but it's like the, the, the highest ground possible. Like, yeah, you could concern yourself with this fucking earthly shit, right? That's where the pretense comes in. But there is so much more to reality that why? Like, why would we waste our time doing so? And as I was working through this idea, you know what I mean? There's a lot going on here. So let me just try to unpackage it slowly. The first part being, of course, that which we talked about, which I talked about in my previous podcast, and that was, you know, the uncertain future of humanity on this planet because of the instability of the sun. I'm not even talking about climate change because even if fucking, you know, uh, climate change does claim human uh, human existence, the earth will be just fine, okay, up until the sun explodes. And when that happens, then that's the real fucking issue, okay? So, you know, uh, I'll pay the homage to the previous podcast. We got the idea that we got to get off this bitch before the sun explodes, right? Uh, or else it'll literally have all been for naught, okay? But more importantly, the point that I was trying to get to is as I was you know, working through this idea about the vantage points, space became the ultimate vantage points in the sense that I started thinking back on all these interviews that have been done with astronauts and how they felt so powerfully fucking impacted by being able to view planet Earth from outer space. Now, we could talk about all the conspiracy theory shit, like people never landed on the moon, uh, space is fake, we live in a computer simulation, all that kind of shit. Like, I get it. We can talk about that, and we probably will here in a little bit if I have enough time. I'm trying to keep this shit at an hour-long mark, right? But definitely talk about it some other podcast because that's all fucking, it's all dope shit to me, right? But the point is that I'm trying to get to is that it's referred to as the overview effect, okay? And what the overview effect is essentially is it's been described as this very powerful shift in consciousness where individual human beings are, they feel as though, you know, the astronauts, that they are no longer separated from the planet that we live on. Now, this is deeply philosophical shit, okay? Because this separation, this one key word here, separation, it speaks to our fundamental, you know, perception of reality. And the perception is that I, as this individual and somehow removed from the external world. Okay. That's a very long standing problem in the history of philosophy. You know what I'm saying? Are we removed from the external world or are we a part of the external world? Are we simply filtering all of reality through our human senses? Like what the fuck is going on? Okay. So there's that element of the separation inherent in this claim. But the uh, a further element is the idea that we feel separated from each other in general. Like, honestly, I don't know who the fuck commented on my shit. But I know that chances are I probably have more in common with the people who were fucking vehemently disagreeing with me about my stance on Chris Kyle than I do with the people who fucking send people like Chris Kyle out into the Middle East. You know what I'm saying? And and as a whole, 
I undoubtedly have more in common with those elites who, you know, run the military industrial complex than I do with any other fucking thing that does not exist on this planet. Because at its core, we all occupy the same space, namely Earth as human beings. And that because of that, I realize or I try to realize what these astronauts have been so fortunate to do so in such a sublime way. And that is the fundamental relationship that we have to each other on this planet, okay? Where this notion of national boundaries, they just dissolve. They don't exist. This notion of class and sexism and racism, it all disappears. It doesn't exist. We are life, a collective life on a fucking blue marble floating through infinite nothingness. You know what I'm saying? Um, I was, this is the part where I qualified it earlier where I said I did a little bit of the preparations. I got a little bit of the quotes here. So uh, one of the quotes is from the astronaut, Apollo 14 astronaut, Edgar Mitchell. And he, he, he described his experience as, you develop an instant global consciousness, a people orientation, an intense dissatisfaction with the state of the world and a compulsion to do something about it. From out there on the moon, international politics looks so petty. You want to grab a politician by the scruff of the neck and drag him a quarter of a miles out, a quarter of a million miles out and say, look at that, you son of a bitch, right? That's just one fucking astronaut, man. There's so many people, though, who have gone to space and who have said the same thing. Another one, Edward Gibson, astronaut and Skylab 4 pilot, whatever the fuck that is. He states, you see how diminutive, small your life and concerns are compared to other things in the universe, man. The result is that you enjoy the life that is before you. It allows you to have inner peace. You got another character. I'm, I'm going to butcher this name, but here we go. Anushe Anzari, space tourist. He states, the actual experience exceeds all expectations and is something that's hard to put into words. It sort of reduces things to the size of what you think, uh, rather, it reduces things to a size that you think everything is manageable. All these things that may seem big and impossible. We can do this. Peace on earth. No problem. It gives people that type of energy, that type of power. And I have experienced that. Now, the reason I bring this up is because usually when I get into conversations, like these types of conversations with other people or definitely with students, for some reason, we always arrive at the aforementioned impasse where it is psh, the clash of cultures and relativism and the seemingly insurmountable fucking chasm that exists between peoples of, exist, of, of differing opinions and beliefs, okay? And for some reason, for whatever fucking reason, I actually find it to be very hilarious, very depressing, very morbid, but also downright fucking just completely human. And that is that the only viable option to overcome this fucking chasm that usually comes up is complete global catastrophe. For whatever reason, whenever I engage in these conversations, again, with other people or with students, the only viable solution out of this shit seems to be, you know, the only way that humans can become united is if we are on the brink of fucking global catastrophe, right? And I just, I can't, it's that idea is such a fucking hoot to me, okay? Because again, it's so much easier to imagine the end of the world than it is to imagine fucking human unity, right? Now, maybe that's what it would take. But as I was working through this idea even more, and so the, you know, the, the main central gist of this podcast, I started to realize, yo, 
Okay. Obviously, there's a reason why philosophers have referred to, in metaphorical terms, of trying to elevate ourselves to a vantage point where we are able to see beyond uh, the current milieu, if you will, of our current generation. And if the idea of the astronauts is to be believed, there is no greater vantage point than fucking outer space. So if only we assume then this technological prog uh, uh, progression continues you know, to unfold in this exponential manner that it's currently going on, then it stands to reason that inevitably we will get to the point where humans traveling to outer space will be feasible. I mean, it's feasible now, but it's, it, it, it's limited by cost, right? But, you know, 30 years ago, so were cell phones. And now everybody's got a fucking cell phone. And if that's the case, I only imagine that it will be the same for fucking travel to space. And I started thinking like, yo, if this overview effect is correct and more and more people do start to travel to space, isn't it perhaps likely, maybe even possible that that will be the impetus for what it will take to get people to fucking finally be able to recognize and situate our petty, you know, just our petty squabbles and realize what truly is at stake. And again, to reiterate from the last podcast, all of existence literally is hanging on our ability to do so. So to re, uh, reiterate from the beginning of the, pro the podcast, when I state that I am a progressive, this is where it should be situated. And the understanding that, yo, like, we're fucking for better or for worse. We are as human beings, you know, it's very easy to diminish human existence in general. It's very easy to talk shit about human beings. But I think a more difficult thing to do is to acknowledge just how perhaps important we truly are. And I say perhaps because shit, dude, despite all of our shortcomings, it may very well be. And this part is fucking haunting. No question about it. But it may very well be that we are the only sentient beings that have ever come to fruition in the entirety of the infinity of the cosmos, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but me personally, that scares the shit out of me. Because again, realistically, look at what human nature is, okay? And you will see that, damn, of all the infinitely vast cosmos, this is the one that became the first consciously aware, right? That shit's a trip, bro. Um... But despite that, despite that, I, it's undercut by this unyielding faith in the good of human beings. Because if it wasn't for the, un, you know, the, there's, there's some good in, hum, in humanity. And if it wasn't, we would have never, uh, we've never have got to the point that we are here today. Okay. And um, because of that, when it comes to, you know, you know trying to uh, corral this podcast to an end here in the last, what? Oh, shit. I'm already at the 55 minute mark. So it, just to try to corral this idea uh, to, to a little bit towards the end. The basic gist is that it's this enormous responsibility that we have. Like, I'm not trying to make myself out to be this fucking grand savior of humanity. No, fuck no. In fact, I've openly stated it before, but let me please reiterate it now that this podcast, more than anything, every other uh, project that I'm engaged in is more meant to be this fucking, it's a, like a beacon for me to try to find other people, try to fucking connect with other people who feel the same way that I do, right? Uh, who recognize the, the 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 seemingly important role that we play as human beings, right? Uh, we get here to what is referred to specifically as Fermi's paradox, if you will. Fermi's paradox essentially stating that 
uh, you know, either human, uh, either we are the first one to come. I'm, I'm butchering it here. I'll, I have another podcast plan to, to, to discuss it in further detail. But for now, the basic gist is that uh, either we are the first ones to come to consciousness or we're not. Both ideas are fucking terrifying. And realistically, we don't know. Okay. Um, now there are some potential, and this is this is just to look forward into the future. Some of the the the, the material that I'm going to discuss in that podcast. There's the of course the simulation theory, one of my fucking you know it's, it's it's always a favorite. But there's also the idea of sleeping aliens. This idea of these aliens are in this what it's it's referred to as the acetivation hypothesis, right? And what it's essentially arguing is that aliens do exist, but they're in deep sleep because right now the universe is in a highly it's in a really hot state. And that they, these aliens are essentially waiting for it to cool down so they can come back, so they can wake themselves up, if you will, right? Uh, it has something to do with calories and all that kind of shit. But like I said, I'm preparing that for the next podcast. Anyways, uh, that one, actually, I should say that that one's probably my favorite one because I personally like to extrapolate from that one a little bit further and say that, okay, maybe they are you know, asleep because they're waiting for the universe to cool down. But maybe they're asleep because they're they're waiting to, transgre- to, 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 to transverse rather the seemingly fucking impossible certainly to comprehend uh space and time that it requires to get from one fucking galaxy to another if it's even you know possible taking into account the local supergroups and all that kind of stuff right um or perhaps my absolute favorite one and that is what's referred to as the first in last out hypothesis and essentially it's the idea that you know colonizing space is going to be a fucking infinite it's going to it's going to be a uh it's it's going to take a lot of resources, okay? And that the whatever it is that does happen to colonize space, when if it's going to do so, is going to do so at the expense of many cultures, potentially ours, that are not in a similar position. And that it won't even be an ethical or moral dilemma for them because it will be the same as us running over an anthill and not even thinking about it, right? The best part about that one is those people advocate that it is possibly us that are the ones that are going to be stepping on the anthill. But honestly, who the fuck knows, Okay. Um, all I know is that when I situated this whole discussion on the Chris Kyle situation and just everything in general, okay, I started to realize like, okay, yeah, I don't necessarily feel the need to be arguing with people on fucking social media anymore. However, ultimately it's this core lament, if you will, that where my seemingly progressive stance on such an issue comes to fore. And that is that, you know, it's a curse almost from the the, the, uh, the Nietzschean curse, if you will, from the realization that it may very well be that we as humans are the first ones to come to consciousness. And if we are in the entirety of the universe, then we have this fucking obscenely heavy burden to bear. Okay. When we place ourselves in the cosmic scale, we're no longer in, we're no longer seemingly uh meaningless specks of dust but now we are the only fucking we are the universe the only aspect of the universe that is conscientiously aware of itself and that places this terrible onus on us to preserve that awareness and to share that awareness and to ensure that it continues right so uh, uh, the point being is that you know i didn't start initially to post to be facetious and still not even moving beyond the chris kyle shit i don't do shit i don't say shit to be facetious i do it i say it because deeply rooted somewhere in there is the understanding that you know we you me all of us collectively as a human species have this enormous responsibility and that as long as we continue to fucking fall victim to these base level animalistic instincts like ethno-nationalism 
patriotism, religious inclinations, and all the other kind of shit, right? That we're never going to achieve it. We find ourselves, if you will, uh, in these fucking, uh, in this godlike, with this godlike responsibility. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's, it, you know, it's, it's a heavy burden to bear, if you will. But at the same time, it's an exciting burden to bear. So, yeah. I hope I didn't fucking, uh, I hope it wasn't too herky-jerky. Like I said, try a little bit different with this podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed it, I hope you did so. If you didn't, I'll try to do better for the next time. Uh, if not, regardless, if you made it this far through, I really do appreciate you sticking around. Um, I look forward to bringing you the actual thoughts on space coming up in the next podcast. But until then, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Peace.